This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Now, in the end, there's no denying that the sticker cost of tuition is sky high. But your kids don't have to struggle with student debt for decades or even years. With some careful planning and plenty of hard work, you can minimize the overall cost of college and the number of loans needed to get a degree. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three different things. First, I'll be sharing how to save for college. I've got 10 tips for parents to help their kids graduate student debt-free. Second, we're back with our Be the Change segment. This month, we're featuring the Chief Program Officer at Charity Navigator, Laura Andes. She's going to share how to encourage philanthropy in our children and teens. And last but not least, we're back with another money quiz. Yes, Zoe is back here. She's reading the review of the month, and I'm going to be quizzing her on some fun money questions. And hopefully you guys can play along at home as we build generational wealth and happiness for my little daughter and hopefully your kids as well. All right, let's jump into today's show. The average cost of college is just over $36,000 per year. If that isn't enough to stop any parent in their tracks, the fact that many estimates predict college could cost up to a half a million dollars by 2040 certainly will. The seemingly ever-increasing college costs don't mean that your children are destined for a lifetime of debt. In fact, if you start implementing these 10 tips today, your children can minimize the amount of loans needed for college. Let's jump right into these tips. Number one, 529 college savings plan. One of the most commonly talked about college savings options is a 529 plan. There are definite benefits to these savings plans, and they're worth understanding as your family wonders how to save for college. A 529 college savings plan is a state-sponsored savings account created for educational expenses. Funds can be withdrawn tax-free to pay for college or trade schools and related expenses such as housing and textbooks. Unlike traditional or high-yield savings accounts, the money within a 529 college savings plan is actually intended to be invested. That means that your money can grow exponentially thanks to the power of compound interest. Let's talk about some 529 pros. There are so many benefits to 529 college savings plans. The first benefit has to do with taxes. Now, depending on where you live, a 529 college savings plan can actually come with a significant tax advantage. In addition to tax-free earnings growth and tax-free withdrawals, some people will also receive tax deductions for contracts. Contributions. They do that in our great state of Michigan here, which we enjoy. This varies widely by state, of course, and you want to do your research to learn more. Another pro of these plans is how popular they've become. Like any investment vehicle, there are good plans and there are bad plans. But as 529 plans have increased in popularity, so have the plan options. Investors do not have to open a 529 plan in their state. In fact, if your state doesn't offer 
offer tax benefits, you may simply choose to open an account elsewhere with the lowest fees possible. Index fund leader Vanguard is a big player in the 529 scene, which means that there are a myriad of options for low expense ratios. This is ideal in terms of helping your money grow while minimizing expenses. Another big benefit to these plans is that anyone can contribute to them. As a result, you might consider setting up a 529 plan for your child and then giving the details to family and friends. They can easily contribute to these accounts for birthdays, holidays, or other milestones. Now let's talk about some 529 cons. While there are many pros to these accounts, there are definitely some drawbacks as well we gotta, we gotta point out. The biggest concern that people have with these accounts is the fact that they aren't very flexible. Now, in reality, that's more of a misunderstanding than an actual drawback. It is easy to change the beneficiary on the account, meaning that if one child doesn't use all the money, it can easily be passed on to another sibling, a niece or a nephew, or even a grandchild, or even you. <laughs> Additionally, if your child happens to score a scholarship, you can withdraw the amount of the scholarship from the 529 college plan penalty free. Finally, 529 plans got even more flexible with the recent passage of the Secure Act 2.0, which now says that a certain amount of money within the account can be rolled into a Roth IRA for that child. So this point on flexibility, uh, we're trying to debunk a little bit of that con there. Number two, UTMA or a kid's brokerage account. Another way to help your kids graduate without debt is to set up a UTMA account for your kids. Now, UTMA is also called Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. It's horrible, horrible acronyms, man. <laughs> Anyway, it's a custodial account that is set up to hold the transfers for a minor until they reach adulthood, right? Said another way, it's an account that can hold savings, investments, and other assets that become your child's once they hit 18 to 25 years of age, depending on where they live. Let's talk about some UTMA pros. One of the biggest benefits of UTMA accounts is how incredibly flexible they are. There are no stipulations on how the assets are used. So that means your child can use them to pay for college. However, your child might earn scholarships or save for college in other ways. Then they would be able to use these assets in their UTMA to put a down payment on a house or start a business or pay for a wedding. It doesn't have to be used for educational purposes. So that's great. Now to the UTMA cons. There are several things that you should definitely consider before starting a UTMA. The biggest perk to a UTMA about the flexibility can also be its biggest drawback. If your child isn't incredibly money savvy when they reach adulthood, the UTMA account it's still theirs. That means that they could loan the money to a friend that you don't really like or take a trip to Vegas or blow the money in any other way that their underdeveloped prefrontal cortex thinks up. But let's say your child really develops a strong sense of financial literacy and only wants to use this money for college. They see the value in being debt-free. Assets in a UTMA account are weighted much more heavily in financial aid considerations when you're filling out that FAFSA. That means that a hefty UTMA balance will count against your family when you apply for that financial aid much more than money in a 529 college savings plan. So that's something to consider. Number three, working in high school. This hack isn't snazzy or top secret, but it works. One of the ways to graduate debt-free is through 
good old-fashioned work in high school. If this suggestion is giving you flashbacks to your own first gig, know that things have gotten better, sort of. There has been a strong push in many states and communities to increase the minimum wage. Plus, many companies and corporations are now feeling the pressure to pay interns for their work. What a... (laughs) I mean, geez, it's about time, right? (laughs) While we can't promise that anyone's first job is going to be glamorous... We do hope that the wages will be slightly better for your kid, and hopefully the working conditions will be as well. The age at which your child can start working does vary a bit based on where you live. One solid strategy is to have your child reach out to their high school counselor to find out more about work permits. Additionally, the counselor could have connections or suggestions to make landing their first job a smoother process. After you get your child set up with a job, make sure you set them up with a savings account. That way, they can start to set money aside for college and other expenses. After all, it isn't just about what you earn, it's about what you save. Number four, savings accounts. Yeah, (laughs) you definitely want to help your child or teen set up a high-yield savings account. Ally makes it easy, but there are plenty of options. I am super biased because I'm a big Ally fan, but there are a lot of options out there for high-yield savings accounts. These savings accounts can pay considerably more than traditional brick-and-mortar banks. It also pays to do your research because many offer different incentives and sign-up bonuses. Your money won't grow quite as much as it would if it were to be invested in the stock market, but if you have a shorter time horizon because you need the money sooner because they're about to go to school, these high-yield savings accounts are important tools to consider. Number five, scholarships. We could honestly dedicate an entire podcast to scholarships because they are so important. Many families don't bother applying for scholarships because they feel like their child just won't qualify. And that's just silly talk. Don't disqualify yourself before you even start the process. A couple years ago, we had the chance to interview Christina Ellis on this podcast. She shared how she won a half million dollars in scholarship money. And she's a great reminder that everyone should apply for scholarships. We'll link to that episode in the show notes so you can listen to her inspiring story. Now, some top scholarship websites to help you save for college include the following. Scholarships.com, Chegg, Career One Stop, College Board, International Student, Peterson's, and Scholarship America. In addition to researching options online, students can also consult with their school guidance counselor. While the scholarship application process can be time-consuming, it isn't that different from applying to colleges. After the first few applications, you start to understand and anticipate the application process. Moving on to number six, grants. Grants are different from student loans because they typically do not have to be repaid. Students can find grant offerings in a variety of places. Federal and state governments often offer grants. Additionally, colleges and nonprofit organizations may offer them as well. Some of the most well-known grants include Pell Grants, and Teacher Education Assistance for College and Higher Education, or the TEACH grant. You see how they did that there? That's a pretty cool acronym. (laughs) While grants typically do not have to be repaid, it is important to pay attention to the stipulations that come with these grants. For instance, the TEACH grant comes with a 
teaching requirement. So if you do not meet the requirements, you must repay the grant. You can start the grant process by searching for federal grants on the U.S. Department of Education page or visiting your state's Department of Education or just simply reviewing the offerings provided after filling out the FAFSA form. Number seven, AP courses. Yes, AP courses are college-level courses that students can take in high school. After completing the course, you can take an AP exam. Depending on how you do on that test, you can potentially earn college credit. The benefits of taking AP courses include earning college credits and starting with a higher placement, saving time and money in college, standing out during the college application process, and freeing up time in college to graduate early or maybe double major or other things. Initially, AP courses they were rare offerings. However, over the last decade, the AP program has really taken off in high schools around the country. Now you can take AP classes in virtually every content area. Number eight, CLEP exams. CLEP exams are another way to graduate college without debt. The CLEP or College Level Examination Program is a program that has been helping students get college credit for the past 50 years. So how does CLEP help you save for college? Well, students are able to test out of introductory level classes. That means that they can jump into their college career at a more advanced level, possibly graduating sooner. The most surprising and important part of CLEP exams is that anyone can sit for an exam. That means you don't have to complete any special programming in school. If you feel confident and qualified, you can take the exam. Number nine, working part-time in college. Colleges and universities offer a variety of different job options through their work-study programs. In many cases, you can opt to have your paycheck applied to your tuition. Another popular option to cut down on college costs is to apply to be a RA or a residential assistant. These peer leaders coordinate activities and help make dorm life smoother and safer for other students. As a result, they often have their housing fees reduced or waived entirely. Of course, you aren't limited to working for your college or your university. Students can explore jobs within their college community as well. In many instances, you may use part-time work in college as a stepping stone toward a career path you hope to enter after college. And then number 10, our last one here, community college. Yes, one of the biggest mistakes families often make when having conversations about college is overlooking options right in their backyard. Community colleges are often smaller schools that may be as close as in your same town. There are two main ways that community colleges can help you when you're wondering how to save for college. You got associate's degrees. Community colleges offer programming for associate degrees. In two years, students can earn an associate of arts, an AA degree, or an associate of science, an AS degree. The National Society of High School Scholars estimates that local community colleges cost around $3,500 per year. Compare that to the findings of that 35,000 or 36,000 we talked about earlier. You can see how the savings really adds up. And then there's dual enrollment classes. Did you know that you don't have to wait for college to actually attend community college? 
That's right. Many high schools now offer dual enrollment classes. They go by a handful of names, but they all function similarly. Students can sign up for the classes in high school and then actually attend courses in person or virtually through their local community college. These courses satisfy high school graduation requirements and count on your high school transcript. That means that students can start college with credits. Talk about being a step ahead, right? That's our list, everybody. That is our 10 ideas to help you save for college. Now, in the end, there's no denying that the sticker cost of tuition is sky high. But your kids don't have to struggle with student debt for decades or even years. With some careful planning and plenty of hard work, you can minimize the overall cost of college and the number of loans needed to get a degree. Well, enough from my side, everyone. I want to hear from you. What approaches are you taking when it comes to saving for college? Please let us know by sharing this episode on social media at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram or Facebook or at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn. Let's keep this family empowering conversation going. You know that point in the day when work is over and it's time to make dinner? I don't know about you, but unless we've prepared meals for the week, I have two options at this point. Take the time to prepare a delicious and nutritious healthy meal for my family or encourage my spouse that going out to eat with the family would be a great idea. Now, the first idea can be quite healthy and economical, but it can be time-consuming and tiring. And going out to eat can be a time and energy saver, but it can also lead you to not eat all that well and spend more than you'd probably like. Recently, we tried option three at our house, and it's called Factor. Factor delivers fresh, never-frozen meals right to your door, and they are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. We had over 35 different options to choose from when we ordered from Factor, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Flexitarian, Vegan and Veggie, and Keto. The meals we had were delicious, they saved us loads of time, and even our kids enjoyed them. Factor meals fall between that $11 and $15 range per meal, depending on how many you order, so you can see how this time saver can be a kind of a good middle ground between making food every night at home and eating out. We're looking forward to our next box at the Hill House. Head to factormeals.com slash MKM50 and use code MKM50 to get 50% off your first order. That's code MKM50 at factormeals.com slash MKM50 to get 50% off. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. 
Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. For our Be The Change segment this month, we are once again featuring Charity Navigator, a nonprofit that helps millions of people take action and support the causes they care about by connecting them to the best charities that align with their passions and values. I've invited the Chief Program Officer at Charity Navigator, Laura Andes, to the show today. We're going to discuss how to encourage philanthropy in our children and teens and how Charity Navigator can help. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, it's great to be here. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much for coming and having this conversation with me. We were having a little pre-chat. I have some preteens, so this conversation is very important to me as they start to get older and realize that there's a world outside of them and how we can maybe have an impact on it. So talk to us about why it's important to involve our children and teens in philanthropic efforts and what that can do for them as well as for parents. I think it's so important to teach the value of generosity to our kids. And I'm sure that's something everybody wants to, as parents, really instill that value. And this is a great way to do that. I think we want to make sure our kids know that they can actually affect change in the world. And, you know, they can be part of the solution to some of the issues that we see in our society. And philanthropic giving and volunteering are just such a great way to do that. I love that. Can you talk about just some of the positive benefits of being involved in that generosity? And we've had some conversations with some psychologists on the show and, you know, Harvard researchers that have talked about the effectiveness of happiness. I know you've probably studied that quite a bit as part of your role. Just talk about how giving and service can really help our kids. Well, I'm no psychologist, but <laughs> I think we all know that it really develops better, stronger social skills and more empathy. I think people, when they start to think about the challenges that other people are having in their lives, particularly volunteering sometimes exposes that to kids, it just develops that sense of empathy that like, oh, you know, and gratitude too, that my life might be, I'm better off than other people and I want to be able to feel how they're feeling about their situation. And it increases much more happiness and life satisfaction. I think with kids, even small acts of sharing and kindness, you can see how they light up. And 
you know, as kids become teenagers, it's even more important to fill their cup through generosity and how that can really, you know, boost their happiness. So I just think, you know, kids can be such a model for how us adults want to be if we watch them and we give the opportunities for them to do that. And we can learn through trying to teach them these values of generosity. I absolutely love that. Now you are a mom yourself and we have this conversation. It's obviously very close to your heart too. How early can we start this type of generosity or these maybe acts of volunteering, things like that? How early is too early? I think you can start very early, as early as three or four. It's really important to start modeling the generosity that you want to show in your kids and talking to them about it. I can remember when my son was probably three or four, driving out of a parking lot and seeing, you know, an unhoused person who is paying, who is asking for money and having a really great conversation that was age appropriate about how we're really lucky and not everyone has what we have. And so it's our it's sort of our responsibility to help others who are less fortunate than us. And, and he really wanted to give that person a dollar. And so, you know, I let him do that. And then we talked about other ways you can foster generosity. Maybe we should give to a homeless shelter or to a food bank or something like that. And, you know, he was three or four and he really understood what I was trying to say. And I think so you can start really early. I think you can start, you can talk to kids about how you give and why you give to the causes, you know, I want to make it so everyone has enough food to to eat. And that's why we're dropping off cans at the food bank or giving a check or something like that. You know, kids want to be part of adult discussions. And when you give them the opportunity, it's always so amazing how they rise to the challenge and really get what you're trying to tell them. I love that. You know, let's say I'm really into you know, making sure that children around the country aren't going hungry. And that's something that's very, it calls to my heart and I want to help there. My daughter or my son, maybe they're not as, you know, drawn to that topic. How do we encourage giving and philanthropy, maybe if they don't glom onto the things that we're passionate about? Well, I love just how you phrase that. And I think the key to philanthropic giving, and, and we say this at Charity Navigator, you have to go give with both your head and your heart. And if you don't have your heart involved, it's going to be much harder to be the generous person that maybe you're aspiring to be. So kids might have different passions than we do. And I think you should let them lean into that and let them find what they're really passionate about. We let our kids choose charities. And my daughter really love, she's She's really passionate about homelessness in our community. And so we always give to a homeless shelter. My son's more interested in the environment. And so, you know, we give to environmental causes. And I think that that makes it feel much more personal to them. And we're hoping, we're trying to instill that our kids will be better people, right? And so, you know, putting in these values and giving them some autonomy, I'm hoping, and I think the research backs up, that that will sort of create a habit of that when they're older and it's, you know, their own resources that they earned. We can give our money, which is very important, and we're doing that with our children, but we can also give our time as well. Talked about the importance of, of volunteering, and then I know that maybe that becomes a little more restrictive age-wise, so maybe some ideas or when we could start with that. There are opportunities for sort of families to volunteer together often. I think food banks often have food delivery where, you know, the family delivers food. I think those can start quite early, probably depends on your area. 
as you get into teens, there's a lot more opportunities. You know, volunteering for a charity that's local, they always need sort of admin support. And so it could be a great way for a teen to do some some work in an office setting that helps the charity, as well as, you know, maybe get some skills of their own. So a two for one benefit. And, you know, even if there aren't opportunities, you can always sort of fundraise as a family. I know it sounds corny, but the lemonade stand where they raise money and they give that money away, that really teaches amazing, valuable lessons or even collecting supplies. I know that the emergency shelter near my house says, you know, we'd love for families to do little packets of hygiene, like toothbrush, toothpaste. And that's something, you know, you can do to get at home together. And it really fosters a great conversation about what we're trying to do and what values. Again, it's about values we're trying to instill in our kids. So I think there's a lot of opportunities. Some might be easier as others. It definitely gets easier as your kids get older, but there's always some way you can help. Even if there's nothing in your community, you know, I always suggest just buy your kids one of the trash picker uppers and walk around your neighborhood park and pick up trash. That's another way to show that, you know, we're responsible. We're collectively trying to make this better, a better place. And you can be part of that. Kids just really want to be, they want to be doing things that make the world a better place. There's so many ripple effects from that action. Not only are you physically doing something great, but then other people see you doing other things great and they want to do great things too. And that reverberates. That brings me to my third level of giving that I like to talk about. We talked about our money, our time. We can also use our voice as well. Are there ways that you've talked about this with your different platforms or even with your children about using our voice, whether that's through, you know, contacting our, our local representatives or, you know, social media, things like that, where we can voice how we want to see some change in the world so we can be the change in the world. I love that. And I think this is where kids are really great at it and sort of sharing their personal experiences. And so it's always amazing to see what teens can do and how they can mobilize in their schools. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for teens in particular in school clubs to sort of talk and advocate and be, you know, writing a letter to your congressman or even making that phone call about something you care about or even your local representative it's a, it's a really can be a really impactful way to show that there are different levers of change and even just talking about it. I don't think we talk about charitable giving as much as we do. And so, you know, having them sort of be a voice to say like, our family does this, you know, this is why it's great for me. I think that can really be a great way for kids to, again, sort of understand the importance of this and to share their values. Thank you for this conversation. And I know Charity Navigator is keeping this conversation going quite a bit. Talk to us about how Charity Navigator can help with this process of making your teens a little bit more philanthropic in their lives. I think it's a great resource to teach sort of another value is that you have to be discerning in your giving. Not all nonprofits are the same. Most are doing great work, but not all of them. And so this gives you a way for say, hey, before we write that check, Let's just look on the site and make sure that they're trustworthy and have, you know, all the systems and structures in place to be impactful. And my kids really love doing that and kind of digging into that. And then also it's a great place to discover new charities. So if you're not sure where to give, we have tons of recommended charities lists. And maybe you want to give in a, in a cause area that's less familiar to you. You can go to our site and we'll give you t 10 or 20 recommendations that at least kind of shrinks the universe and maybe exposes you to new charities that you weren't familiar with. So I think kids really like to do that and to see that, 
you know, find new charities in a way that's not just sort of a Google search, but a little bit more curated. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about it, everybody, I, I use Charity Navigator quite a bit, is the ability to kind of look a little deeper into the charity and seeing how much of your donation is actually going to impact the cause that we're worried about. How much of that is going to go to, you know, advertising or salaries or things like that as well. You know, obviously people need to get paid. I'm all about people getting paid, but it's good to know to have a little bit more clarity on uh, where your dollars are going and how it's being impacted. Charity Navigator does a great job of ranking those charities as well as giving you the deeper dive. And I'm going to keep bragging on you, Laura, sorry. If you are wondering, you're like, I've heard about this topic or I heard the tragedies that are happening in Ukraine, like how can I help? Or, you know, maybe a natural disaster, Charity Navigator will kind of dive deeper into those areas too to help you see which organizations that are top ranked are actually making the most difference and allowing you to you know, utilize your money and your time in the best fashion. Now, Laura, I have a personal question for you. You've been with Charity Navigator for a little while now. What made you want to be a part of this organization and involve yourself and your time? I love Charity Navigator, and I think I want to be there for two reasons. One is to help people find the charity that really makes a difference in their life and get that warm, fuzzy feeling from giving and, you know, giving with confidence, as we say, to say that this is a good charity. And then I love working with nonprofits and helping them be the best that they can be. So it's been a really wonderful journey here. Now, if somebody's listening and they want to give their money, their time, or their voice towards your organization, which is a nonprofit as well, where could people go to learn more about Charity Navigator? Yeah, just go to charitynavigator.org and you can both find a charity or we'd love it if you donated to us so that we can continue to provide this free service. Laura, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. Now, to keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do me one quick favor to support the show. If you like the show, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This type of feedback helps more people to find and consider this family empowering podcast. To encourage you to leave a review, each month we do a book giveaway. This quarter, we're going to be giving away three different book options from past podcast guests. We've got The Good Enough Job, Reclaiming Life from Work by Simone Stolzoff, A Healthy State of Panic by Farnoosh Torabi, and Everybody Fights, So Why Not Get Better at It by Kim and Penn Holderness. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my daughter Zoe Hill here once again. How is it going, my Zoe? Good. It's good. Are you tired? No. No? You're you're alive and well. You did have a long day. Yeah. You're just getting back from soccer after a long day at school. Well, I appreciate you being here. Are you you ready for some fun with me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, let's do... Actually, school was fine today. School was fine? Except for math. Math. Math's no good, but school in general was fun? No, it wasn't fun. It was fine. Fine, you said. Not fun. Okay. Yeah, I just... I don't want to put words in your mouth, right? The only thing that was fun, it was PE. PE was fun. What are you doing in PE right now? Floor hockey. Floor hockey? But it's not a unit. Like Mm. last time we did... It's called Swarm Tag. It's like dodgeball. Ooh. But not dodgeball. With, with floor hockey sticks? No. Oh. 
with your hands. Oh, cool. And this time we did floor hockey, so next time it's going to be something different until we stick to a unit. Fun. Well, that sounds like a good time. I'm glad you got PE. PE was one of my favorite classes, too, in middle school. Now, Zoe, before we do our review, let's do another money quiz. Are you down? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Zoe, we just got back from a fun vacation in Mexico. By the way, everybody, I did a a review of the location we went to. So you can check that out on my blog. Soon to be on my YouTube channel. Anyway, they had a different type of money than we do here in the United States. What's it called, Zoe? Is it A, the euro, B, the peso, or C, the yen? I think it's be the peso. That is correct. I know you knew this because you received some pesos when you were there and you're like, what is this different color money here? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, cool. Question number two. (laughs) Zoe, you're going to be going to college in just six short years. I know. Wild, huh? Your college experience, just, you know, take a deep breath, may cost upwards of $200,000. I just fell down when I said that. What are some ways we can pay for you to go to college? Is it A, invest and save money? B, earn scholarships through good grades and volunteering in our community? C, working part-time in high school and college? Or D, all of the above? I'm going to say D, all of the above. You are correct, my girl. Yes, we're going to save and invest money. We're going to earn some scholarships through good grades and volunteering in our community. And you are going to work part-time in high school and college. And we're going to pay this $200,000. And you're going to have a blast in college because college is awesome. Yes. Question number three. Zoe, you recently started playing flag football. How do you like I, it? I, I really like it. You really like it. I'm glad. I'm glad. You, it's a different sport and it's fun. And it was kind of happening right when the Lions were playing really well. So it was kind of fun to do. Now, Zoe, I have a true or false question for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. There is a tackle football league called the Women's National Football Conference with 16 different teams across the United States. Is this true or false? Is it true? It is true. Did you know that? So there's a professional league that these ladies play in, and they are a lot of fun to watch. I watched some YouTube videos today. So I know you were asking me the other day, hey, how come they don't have, you know, women's football? They do. They do. So maybe we can watch a game together sometime soon. What do you think? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad you were able to join this football league, and you're going to be joining a team in a couple weeks yeah, too. Are you excited. looking forward to it? Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Awesome. And you got some buddies that are going to be on it. I'm excited to watch you play. All right, let's jump into the review here. So we got three different reviews. So maybe you could ask our electronic friend for some love here. Hey, Google, pick a number between one and three. Two. Okay, well, our second review that came in comes in from Hannah H-E-F and... She said the following. Love the show. Andy and guests have really helpful insights. This is definitely worth a listen. I've learned a lot of financial and family life tips. Thanks, Andy. And your voice is also very calming. Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad to hear the voice is calming. I know Zoe's voice is very calming for me, too. Uh, It makes me Uh, feel... 
especially when she does things like that. Zoe, thank you very much. And thank you, Hannah H-E-F. Now, Hannah H-E-F, I do not have your email. If you could do me a favor and take a screenshot of your review and send it to Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or team at marriagekidsandmoney.com. You can send over that review. That way you can contact me and we can give you one of these great books that we talked about for free. And everybody, if you want an awesome book that will help you have some excellent family wealth and happiness in your life, please do us a favor. Leave us a review in Apple Podcast and take a screenshot of that review. Email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, that's good. You can go to... Spotify. Spotify. And you can leave a review there. Take a screenshot of that. Just shoot us an email. We're just looking for some support with our show and an opportunity for us to give back to you with a cool book from one of our past guests. Zoe, thank you so much. Do you want to go watch uh, Young Sheldon? Yes. We're enjoying Young Sheldon on Netflix right now. It's a funny show. and uh, They put Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Netflix, and I'm so happy. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's a great show, too. Netflix has got some good stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my daughter is going to end the show with the quote today from Victor Hugo. Don't educate your children to be rich. Educate them to be happy so they know the value of things, not the price. Awesome, Zoe. Here's to focusing on the things that matter and realizing our kids are watching. Carpe diem. I'm always watching you. <laughs> I know you are. Zoe is always me. Zoe, Zoe's me. <laughs>